you had the most fun. Mm. And, and and you could be radically spiritual. I mean, that it was, we had like 400 single people in this this uh, this region of the church. Uh, it was I loved it, you know. And so that's my that was my understanding. So moving here, um, there wasn't really a dedicated ministry for single people. We had some singles; they were just spread out, uh, serving in high school ministry or whatever, just doing different things. Some of them, quite honestly, were hiding out in campus, uh, you know, <laughs> twenty something years old, you know, working a full time job, not taking one class, but you know, <laughs> campus ministry. Yeah, amen. Um, and so, I think just so in my mind, uh, coming here, I thought that was, oh, that's interesting, and uh, gratefully, uh, that's not uh, where we were going to end up. And uh, I remember having a conversation with some of the elders here. They said, "Hey, one day we're going to have like two, three hundred single people here at Northern. We got to figure out how to get a ministry going to help them." And uh, I don't think any of the elders thought that was weird, but I do think there was a sense of, "Oh, wow, we hadn't really thought of that." And because uh, I, I was used to that. And, uh, and luckily, we were able to uh, have a meeting. I remember having one meeting in the Browns uh, living room by a handful of people. We had one at Life University. We used to meet there uh, before we had this building. Met at Life University. We asked people, hey, who would like to uh, come? And uh, we had a little mixer for singles. And uh, we had some Subway sandwich or something. Made about 20, 30 people showed up. I'm like, oh, cool. We got some people here. Uh, and so that was kind of where we started. And uh, that's a uh, very kind of humble beginnings, just trying to figure things out, renting a facility. We did not have this place. And uh, I remember going to the Malutnox Clubhouse for Christmas meals and stuff like that. We had plenty of room, you know, plenty of room to hang out in that, in that little clubhouse. So that's kind of maybe some of where we are. Uh, uh, you know, we, we really believe that God can make it grow. And uh, if we just provided some heart and prayer and uh, gave it a focus. And um, one of the cool things, I really think that, just to give you a feel, is Lynn, you know, Lynn and I, we're a non-typical leadership couple, I guess you would say. You know, we're not married. She's got a great husband. I got a great wife. But, so even that, we don't have just this stereotypical way we put this thing together. Yeah. Um, you know, so here we are working on staff. Lynn even works as a nurse as well. Um, and so we have a unique structure here. And, uh, and but that, we want to tell you that because there's no one way to do it. There's just no one way to do it. Uh, we, want to, we want to empower you. There's many, many ways to, to have a ministry that's thriving and growing. Uh, you don't just have to do it one way. Um, and so we definitely felt like there were many people that were struggling, and, and you know how it is. Uh, some people have a certain mindset about a stage in life, and sometimes that, that single stage in life, people just have a mindset. Even in the church, and you've heard it, somebody even joked about it. Oh, it's not the black hole ministry. I mean, we've all heard that joke. But it's not, just so you know, it's not just singles. I, got, I have a 12-year-old and 13-year-old daughter. Two, I got two girls. And I, I'm even in the church sometimes. I'll just, just hanging out with a family or whatever. A dad, maybe we're just talking. And, uh, hey, what you, you got two daughters, right? Yeah. How old are they, Jeff? Oh, 12 and 13. Oh, man. Whew, that's rough, man. Those middle school years are kind of crazy. Wait till they become teenagers. Oh, my gosh. And so what does that produce? I'm thinking, man, that is no fun. <laughs> I don't, I'm not looking forward to that stage. But it's our, it, you, get, you see what can happen? If enough people have that reaction, like, oh, you have two daughters? Wow, what age? Wow, wait till they get to high school. If you hear that enough times, you start to go, man, this is, you can get fearful and start, man, you get scared. That can happen. It's not just singles stage of life. So 
Just so you know, but I think in our church it, it has happened in the singles time in life, you know, where people have kind of wanted to hurry up and get married or whatever. So, like you hopefully saw here today, we do not at all believe at all that you have to get married first to be considered a member that can do something here. Amen. Amen. And, uh, but you, but that has to be repeated over and over again uh, a lot because people have a lot of hurt and disappointment. And, uh, and definitely when we tried to kind of get things started, that's where people were in a lot of ways. But we had to deal with that. We had to listen to people and talk to people um, and kind of hear people's hearts. And um, so for you, you're, you know, you're in different places. Some of you are got maybe a handful of people and you're kind of going back to a place that you're going to leave here, you're going to get in your car or whatever and go back to where your, your home ministry is and maybe you have a situation where it's not as encouraging as you want it to be or, you, or you've got a lot of ideas that you just know are going to be great and they're going to work and you're going to take them back to your group, okay? And, and, and hopefully you will. Um, but I just want you to know, you know what? A little bit in the hands of God can go a long way when you have faith. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's just it's going to be about your faith more than the practicals that you learn. Just so you know, you you got to just take take some faith away from this place that no matter where you start, it can end up strong and healthy. But just the faith, if anything, I can just say, don't give up on the dream for a healthy singles ministry. Don't give up on it, even if your evangelist doesn't have the vision, even if he doesn't. You can still have it, and you're not divisive, right? You know? just, just, hey, give the guy a break, man. He's trying to figure out how to lead the whole church. Maybe right now that's not where he is. Don't be critical. Right. Don't think he doesn't love you or he doesn't love Jesus. or you know. No, you, maybe God is bringing you there to figure out a way to build something at, at that congregation in partnership, right? In partnership with that particular ministry couple, okay? So I just really want to help you with that. Not every, not everybody has the same uh, ministry situation. We understand that. But we serve the same God, and he can do incredible, incredible things. So I don't know, Glenn, if you wanted to share some, we're going to kind of go back and forth on what's... So basically what Jeff said is exactly what I wanted to say. Amen, there you go. not uncommon. <laughs> um, but I, I do want to say very strongly that it's very easy to come to a place like this and think, if I was at North River, or if my church, or if my, my evangelist did what Jeff just did this Sunday, what I've learned when I go through all those museums and all the study of history, it was not critical people that changed the world, it was faithful people. Amen. In other words, you look at Gandhi, I mean, he could have sat there and just judged and condemned, but he did something. He took the faith he had that the world could be different and he changed it. You look at Martin Luther King, he could have sat there and just been scathing and just ostracized everyone. Instead, he brought blacks and whites together to fight because of a dream. Amen. And we've got to be leaders that can inspire change because of our faith. Amen. Because we're not going to change anything. It's God that changes it anyway. And so I just want to encourage you to really, like, as you leave here and you're thinking, think, what is possible with God? I'll tell you practically what I do in my life when I'm faithless. Is I start in Genesis and I start praying, dear God, the God who created the heavens and the earth, and I just meditate. The God who led the Israelites, the God who brought down the walls of Jericho. By the time I'm like back, to, you know, by the time I'm in Exodus, I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm praying to this God yeah. as if he can't do anything. Yeah. And then I start with my life, the God that allowed me to be raised in this situation, the God that brought me here, the God that 
let God be who he is so that God can do what he wants to do. And do it in a way that's righteous, that brings glory to God, so that you'll leave with a dream and know that a little in the hand of God is always enough. He knows what to do to build the dream. Amen. So we want to unleash you guys back to your respective ministries and uh, let the Holy Spirit just go through you, you know, and just help build change. And we want you to be filled with faith. And uh, and ultimately, we want you to come back and tell us how it went too. We want to hear. We want to hear from you. You know, we want. We want to hear. I want to hear what's going on in Philly and Chicago and Dallas. Don't just leave. Shoot us an email. Let us know how it's going. You know, uh, keep us. But we're in this together. Uh, we want to be a resource for for you all. Uh, resource of faith and encouragement, uh, but I definitely wanted to say that. And also, at the end, we're gonna have we're gonna have some Q and A at, at the end. We're gonna we we know you've been through a few classes, been through service. We don't want to keep you forever, but I just think there are some core principles that we feel so strongly about that at least we wanted to share uh, with you before before you headed out. And uh, I guess you can go to the, the next side. But yeah, if you if we build it, they will come. <laughs> that was one of the main thoughts. You know what? We didn't know what it was gonna look like, but we knew we were gonna build it. You know what I'm saying? And right now, you don't know what your singles marriage is going to look like in three, four years from now. You don't know. But start building, right? Start building now. And uh, don't just have that faith. Unleash the Holy Spirit wherever you are. So one of the things I, I wanted to talk about was this right here. We, this is what I care a lot about. A place filled with singles that love their lives and enjoying this season. At the end of the day, I want people to enjoy this season of their lives. Yeah. You know, and I don't care. I don't buy into that, Jeff, you're married, you don't understand. Don't go there with me. Seriously. <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't go there with me. It's not like I was, it's not like I have to know exactly what you're going, I don't have to have gone through exactly what you're going through to empathize with you. I, that's not true, right? I can still have love. I can still have encouragement for you and comfort for you. But at the end of the day, I've been single in the church. Yes, I know what it means to fight and all that. I get it. But at the end of that, I mean, you can have fun as a Christian and enjoy your life right now. But we have to keep reminding each other of that. And I believe happy Christians make Christians. I mean, that's just the way it works. Content Christians, people that are encouraged by in their relationship with God, you're going to be fine when it comes to helping other people and building a great ministry. I want you to enjoy this season of your life and go on trips, do your thing, travel, go somewhere. You know, we this church needs your undivided devotion. We need it. Yeah. Like a car needs gas and an oil change. We need your undivided devotion as it, as it is expressed. And you're so devoted to Jesus. I mean, wow, I can't tell you how I would love sometimes to do some of the things that you can do, right? Yeah. You might look at my life and go, man, I wish I had some aspects of your life. Well, just so you know, I wish I had some aspects of yours. <laughs> just so you know. I just cannot get up in my car and drive wherever I want to go for however long. I just cannot do that right now without APBs and, you know, being sent out, right? I, I, I just, that's not the stage of life I am. But I'm going to tell you something. The relationships you can have, the time that you can devote to one another, the depth that you can go to, the experiences, the adventures that are awaiting you, it's right here. Right. It's, it's right now. And I just want to remind, I, I want you to understand that this is a time in your life to let your wings just spread yeah, for amen. God. Amen. Don't be constrained about what you're not. That's the devil's oldest trick. Yeah. God is holding out on you. You cannot be happy with your situation right now. Amen. That's the devil's oldest trick. He's been doing that since early chapters of Genesis. And he's probably doing it to some of you now. You know, God, God's holding out on you. There's another thing you need in order to feel 
really happy about your life. Why don't you just grab it and go for it? That is not what we want you to believe as unmarried people in the church. You got this time in life now. Enjoy it. And we have had to reinforce that over and over and over again in order to build something that we feel like will encourage other people. Because if you got a frown on your face, nobody going to come in here to want to come to church with you. <laughs> what? Yeah. I'm in my church. God's awesome. He's changed my life. All I need is Jesus. And uh, he's the Lord. Amen. You got more to offer than that, right? Yeah. But hey, this is, I want you to enjoy this time in your life. And uh, yeah, we want to equip you and we want to, we want to give you everything we can. But at the end of the day, contentment is such a big, big deal when it comes to getting the most and building a great, in my opinion, a great singles ministry. Love the season of your life. There's always something that you could have that you can't, no matter what season of life you're in. I got stuff in my season of life that I, 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 wish I, I wish I had. Everybody experiences that, okay? So enjoy it. Enjoy the season. But you're going to have to get out of your comfort zone. Do some fun stuff, too. Sometimes we just get so, oh, we got our, everything has to be massively spiritual and all that. Sometimes you just need to go and take a trip somewhere. Yeah. Right? I mean, just... Go have fun. Get a group on, right? Go up to the mountains. <laughs> get on the Chattahoochee, whatever. Get on a tube. Go down the river. Have fun with your life. All right? Enjoy it. You'll, you'll begin. Did you want to say something on this, this slide right here? So an abundant life is magnetic. Yeah. Like when you're around someone who is loving life, you just want to be with them. Yeah. I mean, you think, oh, my goodness, whatever you got, I need, you know? I, uh, I came from having been married 23 years, 21 years. My husband passed away. And I, that was the last dream on my list, okay? I had never dreamed to be a widow. Didn't plan on it. It was like way down there. And I just really had a hard time with it. And I remember like a couple years after Barry died where I looked up and I thought, something's wrong with this. This is not on my list, but this was on God's list. <laughs> he chose this, and I'm fighting it. And I remember vividly the day when I decided to stop enduring widowhood and start embracing widowhood. I thought, well, that sounds crazy, but I'm going to figure out how to be the best widow there's ever been. First thing I did was I studied widows in the Bible. And you know what? I expected everyone to be taking care of the widow. And then, like, the widows are giving up their house for the, you know, for the prophets and their clothes, clothing the poor. I'm like, this was not my view of widows. They were serving. They were given, and I remember when we came here to North River, and they asked me about helping in the ministry, and they wanted me to help with adults. I said, no, I want to be in the ministry I'd like to be in. Let me try to help with the ministry. And you know, by the time that Mark came along in my life, it was really hard because I was really enjoying being single. <laughs> I mean, I remember literally Mark starting like, uh, and, and Michelle, no, she was, the people that were around me now, I was like, whoa, 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 time out. You want me to do what? I remember. Laundry dinner? Don't, I, you know, I haven't had to do that for a while. <laughs> Why did I grab lettuce out of a thing? I put it on my plate and that's good. You know, I was like, wait a minute, I have to be home at a certain time? I could just call Michelle and say, hey, you want to go, hey? I was like, I felt like the chains were coming. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. And I, you know, I had literally saved miles to go around the world. Wow. 
And when I lay awake in bed, you know what I did? I would be like, okay, I think I'll stop in Paris, but I don't want to use my extra miles. I will take a train. I would chart my trip to go around the world in one year. Yeah. My daughter was about to graduate. I was this close. <laughs> <laughs> I literally remember my be- one of my best friends, two of the single girls here, myself and my daughter, went to Bolivia to serve the poor, and we served the street kids of Bolivia. And I moved down here, Marks, and I started dating, and I'm like, you're kidding. I can't just go to Bolivia. He goes to Africa. Wait a minute, you know? I was like really claustrophobic, you know? And I remember Ivanisa was my roommate. We're walking down the street. She had just started dating. I'd started dating. And they kept calling us. And we were like off to the Amazon. And, and we were like, oh, this was not a good time to fall in love. In other words, we were living an abundant life. Now, that was part of what was the appeal to these guys. They were like, oh, my goodness, these girls are really enjoying life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes we stop enjoying life and we actually hurt our relationships. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I remember one of the brothers saying to me one time, you know, when I go to a ministry and women are so thirsty and desperate. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> with you living the abundant life. And it starts with an obligation. The ministry is where it is, and it's my responsibility. Let me do what Nehemiah did, pull up my sleeve and start talking. And let me live a life that's so abundant that people are drawn to Jesus. And that that is what helps people see God in us. in some small country town, maybe. Uh, But in the big city, there are more singles than marrieds. I don't think that 
that doesn't matter to God. I think he wants to reach them and make a difference in their lives. And I, I think that we need to embrace God's dream and be a part of his dream instead of asking God to embrace our dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I do think that was that's where that undivided devotion, uh, that's in the scriptures for a reason. I, I think that's where it comes in. It's just that you guys don't realize that we need, the church needs you. God needs that devotion. It fuels so much in helping this world. <coughs> Uh, your light, honestly, your light can shine brighter in some respects because of that just that, that devotion that you can have that you're not having to really get to a spouse at this stage in your life. It's powerful. You, sometimes you underestimate how powerful it can be, you know. And uh, when you just tap into that devotion, that level of devotion, it's it's amazing. And uh, yeah, be careful how you build. I mean, we we know how important that is, and uh, we want to build wisely. We do know what it's like to to, to build. You know, singles ministry on maybe not the wisest uh, tactics. Uh, I've been around. I've seen it happen. You've probably seen it happen if you've been around a long time. Oh, that person's, uh, you know, tall and uh, they, they're good looking. And, oh, wow, they have a good job. Let's make them a leader. Uh, hey, man, they haven't really been to church in a couple months. But, uh, you know what I mean? It can happen, right? You know? They're sharp, whatever, you know. Uh, I don't know. Um, <coughs> But uh, I think we need to definitely, you know, build in a certain way. And I, and I think it comes back to scripture, you know, wise and foolish builder. you got to build wisely. The craziness is going to come, and you better be ready, you know, as you build. And as you saw even today, addressing singles issues from the pulpit, you know, was, you realize, there were 1,036 people at church today, okay? Right? 1,036, I think, is what, I, what we had. Wow. Who led the service? I mean, it was the Edge Ministry, right? That, that gives the edge ministry a profile in the church that, hey, you know, the, the edge matters. <laughs> the, 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 the edge provides something that uh, is important. to what we, But we have to practically do that as, as a church. That's a decision that we've made as church leaders to give that type of profile to our, to our singles. And hopefully it encourages not just the singles, which I believe it does, but it does help the entire congregation. We will hear some encouraging things. And we believe in the edge, but why? I mean, we want to talk about that. And again, I know we're going fast, but we're trying to condense a lot in a, in a short amount of time. Um, but we've had we've had a lot of challenges, and we talk about how do we do that? How do we deal with that? And uh, the, the and it was funny. We were in the car yesterday, just to give you a perfect example. We're in the car yesterday, driving back from our thing, and uh, the Edge. I don't remember how we were talking about it, but the name Edge came up, and. And uh, I was like, yeah, I remember. Oh, no, Michelle said she had uh, looked through some old emails. Yep. And she found the old email from, ten, I don't know, eight years ago, whatever it was from, where I had sent out an email. Hey, I'm thinking of changing the, the name of our singles ministry to The Edge. What do you guys think? And, uh, and so, and, and we were, and it became this back and forth email. And somebody in the car who wasn't totally familiar with our ministry was like, wow, that, that's interesting. Um, so you guys like discuss it together or something like that. And, um, and Michelle was like, yeah, I mean, and, and a lot of people disagree with it. And, and we go back and forth. And, uh, and Mich- I think Michelle was just kind of like, hey, that's how we did things. I mean, it wasn't like just Jeff would just tell us what we were going to do. But, but what ended up happening is Jeff heard all this stuff. And he was like, thanks so much for all of your input, but we're going to change the name to the edge. And, uh, <laughs> is, that, is that fair? Is that how I said it? Okay. So, and it was one of those things where, okay, I got to provide some leadership, but the whole thing was, it was getting input from, from everybody. I didn't just, or Lynn and I didn't, didn't just make a unilateral decision uh, to do that. It was something that we wanted to, we wanted to hear from people. 
And that's, that's kind of the way that we've approached it. You know, probably the, the, and the example that we use probably the most often is when we were first starting out, it was like, we're going to tackle some issues. I'm not kind of like what John shared and Brittany shared. You got to deal with stuff straight on. And you can do this in your own ministry, in your own way. I'm, we're, again, we're just sharing with you what we did. But we were at Lynn's house, and I was like, look, man, I know there's a topic that a lot of people have funky feelings about, and I'm not going to try to lead a ministry where, where I bring up something, and I ain't got none of y'all with me, kind of like John shared. <laughs> I don't want to be running up the hill charging, and y'all just sitting down at the bottom of the hill watching me die, right? <laughs> and, uh, and so we are gonna, and here's the thing. Look, look, discipling. Right? That was an issue. Right? Spiritual mentoring. That was an issue. And so we, we sat down in Lynn's room. It was like, I had those oversized post-it notes. You know? Like, the, it was probably like this big. And I put it on the wall. I said, give me, give me all your bad examples of just bad experiences of, of discipling that you've experienced. And you're, what are bad? What's bad? When, when I say discipling, what do you think of what's bad? And people just share stuff, wrote it down. I don't know, maybe three, four post-it notes full of stuff. Just people sharing their experiences. That was discouraging. Oh, somebody just embarrassed me in front of somebody else. Oh, they didn't even use the Bible. Oh, whatever it was. Wrote it up here. But then we read the scriptures. Colossians 1, talking about you got to write, you got to admonish people. You got to be willing to train people. Paul said, I struggle to do this. New the tale. I'm trying to get, put, put the concepts of God from one person to another. We got to figure that out. The scriptures talk about iron sharpening iron. So if either that's in the Bible or it's not. Mm. So either we're going to embrace that or we're not. But here's the deal. I'm going to embrace it because I feel like it's in the scriptures. And we're going to do it. But we're going to do it based on scripture. Amen. So let's get some blank post-it notes. And let's figure out what we want discipling to look like in our group. Right. What is it going to look like in the edge at North River? And start writing that stuff down. Okay, and that's how we, that was the kind of stuff that we were starting with. We're going to deal. We're going to put it out there. Dating people that aren't members of the church. Let's figure it out. Let's talk about it. Let's get it out there. Yep. Let's not have these side conversations and all of that. And people believe it. Six people over here believe this. And here's the deal. We probably need to do it again. Yeah. Right? That's Seven, eight years later, we might have to revisit some of this stuff, right? Yeah. Things, people grow. People move in from whoever yeah. where, knows where, have different ideas. We gotta, I'm not afraid to do that. Amen. And you can't be afraid to do that if you're going to be a leader. Right? Most of your context may be more one-on-one. Or maybe in a small group of two, three people. Mm-hmm. But don't be afraid to <clears throat> tackle some sticky issues. Right. Or else you're not going to be able to build on something strong. Amen. And you're going to have people with different ideas on major things. And it's hard to build unity with that type of environment. Mm-hmm. You might not get everybody to think exactly the same exact thing at all on everything, but you can get enough buy-in with each other where you can respect where each other's come from, using scripture, and then you can move forward. And now that, like here, we give people time, but we do keep moving. I mean, at some point, man, I'm not going to sit around here and talk about what happened 20 years ago when I wasn't there. And we got people dying right down the street because they don't have Jesus. And I'm not going to sit around and talk about what some leader did 20 years ago because we've already talked about it like 15 times. At some point, man, it's time to move on. We got things to do. I know love. God loves you and I do too. And if that, if it's so deep hurt for you, you know, amen. Well, then just, you know, hey, maybe you need to get on the spiritual sideline for a minute, get healed up. Right? But we're going to keep going. Yeah. 
And when you're ready to join us, let's go. Mm -hmm. I don't think less of you. I don't hate you. I don't think you're a bad Christian. But we are not going to sit back on 22 years ago or 16 years ago or 9 years ago about something that somebody else did. At some point, either you're going to forgive or you're not. All right? At some point. And so, you know, we gotta we got to figure that out, you know. And uh, expect disciples to take ownership of their ministry. I don't know how many times we've said that. Say, hey, man, this is your ministry. We've said that probably a million times. How do you guys want to approach certain things? And I'm a firm believer. One of the biggest principles that we talk about all the time is people tend to more enthusiastically support that which they help create. Yeah. Mm. All right? Notice I use the word enthusiastically support. <laughs> Sometimes you can get a, okay, yeah, I'll do it. But what I've found is people tend to more enthusiastically support those things they help create. And so if we're going to do uh, an Unleashed conference, guess what? Guess who, guess who came up with the idea to do the Unleashed conference? I can tell you what, it wasn't me. But Jeff, you're the minister of the church. I know. I didn't even know when we were doing it. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they had dates and all this ready to go. Oh, but the idea to do like the interactive and to go to the college football fame and then like to weave in that civil right. I mean, that was a great idea, Jeff. That wasn't my idea. But the classes, you totally thought through the class. I didn't think through the classes. Jeff, what, did, what do you do around here? I don't even know. I don't know what I do. I didn't come up with one idea for Unleashed. I didn't come up with one single idea. Not one. The Edge Ministry at North River thought through all of this. Lynn was more heavily involved. and if, if, She probably had all the good ideas because that's usually how it works with Lynn and I. She has the great ideas, and I just say, hey, man, that's awesome. <laughs> but I, I, I'm, I'm not even trying to be funny. I mean, honestly, that's, that's the way it And I'm cool with that. That's not my gift. I'm not great at that kind of stuff. I have others, I think. But, so, but I just want, I want you to understand that. This group of disjointed people, some hiding out in campus ministry, some not wanting to be a single, got hurts and fears. We had no building. We're renting. We don't agree on what disciple means people. But look, years later, putting on a you know, weekend or workshop, right. leadership leadership workshop, uh, without the relying on the evangelist. That's that's to me powerful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. People enthusiastically support yeah. the things they help create. Yeah. Instead of just waiting. Well, my leader, once he tells me what to do, then I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. You might not enjoy it. You might not have a, a ministry that's really inspiring for you. You, here's the secret is you're going to have to be the source of inspiration for your single's ministry. You. Take it upon yourself. Yeah, I'm challenging you. You take it upon yourself. In conjunction with your church leadership, not in opposition to them. Right. You. You put some meetings together, some prayer times together. You come up with some ideas that you pray about, and you hash out, and you present it to your church leader with humility that you might not have it all figured out, with, and with the full knowledge of, guess what? Your church leader might have planned 92 months in advance of events and this and that, and your baby, it might be hard to fit it in the exact weekend you want, and you might actually have to go back and forth a little bit without getting critical 
and thinking they don't love you or support you. And if you really feel that way, honest, seriously, call me up. I'll do my, I won't say I'm going to fix it for you, but I'll, if you need like a guy to talk to him, I'll, you know, share your heart with me, maybe I'll share it with your minister. Who knows? I'll put myself out there. You know what I mean? I'll put myself out there. You know what I mean? Um, again, not that I'm going to take your side or take their side, but if you just need a minister type person, if you're really trying to do something, you know, after you've tried to present it, let me know. Hey, we'll figure something out, maybe. Right? I just want you to feel empowered. But if you wait, if you just wait, if you're just waiting on your minister to just create this awesome singles ministry for you, you are going to probably be disappointed. But if you are part of the plan of creating it, you'll probably be more in, in tune to support it enthusiastically, and then they'll have a chance to grow into something, I, I think. That's my experience. Mm -hmm. You want to share something? Isn't that awesome? Yeah. 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 So, um, to me, that is so much the power of the edge is not us, but that the leaders really have owned the ministry. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I did help some with Unleash, but last year we did the journey, which was a lot bigger than this. Mm -hmm. And I never went to one meeting. Not one. I can't show up with the dad and I just kind of look you know what I mean? It was interesting because people would come up to me at the journey and say, that was amazing. And I would say, literally, I'm not the person to thank. Because our singles did the entire thing. It was their dream. And they did it in a way that never once was insubmissive or critical of leadership. They really did, you know, this is what we plan to do. And we, because of that, we trust them. And so we allow them to do it. And I, it, I never think twice about it because I really know that they were like, they hold jobs where they do this. They should be able to do it in the ministry. Yeah. So I think that, you know, that what, what Jeff is talking about, a buy-in and taking ownership of your ministry, is probably one of the most powerful things that you can do. It's just like, this is my ministry. Let me do something to make it grow and be healthy and do well. I want to hit just something that we talked about earlier when Jeff was talking about the discipling and whatever. And this is the idea of um, getting people to develop their own convictions. And I want to say this because we have singles that come from all over. Some of you, you know, some of our convictions are totally reactionary convictions. Mm. In other words, I don't agree to, so I believe this. Oh. Mm. There's nothing biblical about a reactionary conviction. Disciples of Jesus have to have biblical convictions, not reactionary convictions. So I'll give you an example. Somebody really hurt me, so I will never confront someone. Wait, Jesus did that all the time. And the Bible tells us we have to admonish. We, have, we can't eliminate the parts of the Bible because of our experiences. Yeah. So one of the ways that we work hard on people developing their own convictions are when people come over, many times we will say to them, listen, what is your conviction about? I'll give you an example, dating non-Christians. Mm -hmm. Where does your conviction come from? Yeah. I want to set up an appointment with you two weeks from now, and I want you to start in Genesis, and I want you to study what the Bible teaches about being set apart. Mm. And I want you to come back and teach me what you have learned from God. Those are convictions that stay with people. Yeah. 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 And what are the decisions you're going to make based on those convictions? What does the Bible say about evangelism? Why should you embrace the mission? 
not what do I believe, what does the edge believe, what does North River believe, but what have you committed with God to do? Amen. And so if you're going to have people that have a buy-in, they've got to have conviction based on biblical truth. And you have to, as a leader, allow them to develop those convictions. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, by telling them what to do, you do not develop convictions. The Word of God develops convictions, and you've got to allow them the time to wrestle it out biblically. Mm -hmm. And give them the space to do it, but not water down the truth. Amen. So um, there was another one on there. Can you go back, Jazz? There was one other thing I wanted to comment on there. These are just a bunch of ideas. We don't have time to hit all of them. Um, but the biggest thing is when you, take, when you do things, do them together as a ministry. You talked about serving the poor. That's a huge deal here. To me, that all our singles be involved in serving the poor is very important biblically if we're going to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. You can't quite get rid of that in Jesus' life and have much of Jesus, you know. Mm-hmm. That was him. Yeah. And so, but trying to do it together as a ministry so that as a family group you serve or different ways you serve will create unity and you will work together as a team. Amen. Amen. So, what time, Lynn, what do you want to do? Cause Where we're, are we at? We're at 5.30. What are you feeling? Let's let, let me look at the slide real quick. Okay. Yeah. What are you, what are you thinking? Uh, I walked through life together. Do you know what that means? No. All right. Real quickly, what we're talking about with a lot of this stuff are just great opportunities you have as a single. So you can look at it and kind of figure it out. Um, Google groups are fantastic so that if someone's going through something hard in the morning, that family group should know about it within an hour and be able to pray for it. Walking through life together. Um, start looking at the churches in your area that are smaller than yours that you can go do road trips and just go be with the singles and strengthen them Um, but then a lot of that I think the rest of it I think we all know what those mean you know what that means encouragement we do believe around here that 90% of the discipling should be encouragement Build each other up. Build each other up. Catch someone doing something good. Like even I want to ask you, as the conference has gone by and you've heard people speak or, you know, you saw Katie in charge of the food, have you caught people and just said, thank you for doing that? Mm -hmm. Is that your habit of encouraging people and building them up? People in your group, have you been encouraging each other? That is a powerful, powerful thing that helps all of us do really well. And then that we just don't need to look at. Those are just some of the special things that, whatever. Just be godly, okay? You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, we should cover some of that. <laughs> Do you want me to hit that? I, I, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so just having dreams for other things. There are so many opportunities for the singles now that were not around before. The Hope Singles Corps. You can find yeah. out about that on Hope Worldwide. We have several people going to South Africa. We do have some positions still open for men for the trip in South Africa in November. So if you're interested in that. Um, but we have a walkathon for superheroes for Africa, for orphans. We have a yes program here. In other words, there are a lot of opportunities to serve together for the singles ministry to stay vibrant, to be able to, to learn and grow together. Don't, don't minimize that. The biblical studies tours with Douglas are phenomenal. Yeah. Someone yes. was saying they want to go the, yeah. to the Holy Land. Awesome. They're having a trip this year and next year with them. But what I want you to know is that there's so many opportunities for singles that were not around five years ago. Get online, find out about them, and really take advantage of them. Keep your life vibrant and exciting. Amen. I'll read a scripture. This is a conference that I planned. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. 
Um, I want to read a scripture that changed my life and saved me, and I want to send. I'm going to send it your way, and then I think we're, are we answering questions? Yeah, yeah. I just had one announcement. Sure, man. Yeah. Um, this is uh, and I think it's applicable because you, again, you're gonna you're gonna go. You're trying to be a leader. You're gonna go somewhere else in a different context where it's not going to be the exact same. But I just want to remind you of what God told one of his prophets. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who depends on flesh for his strength, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. He will be like a bush in the wasteland. He will not see prosperity when it comes. He will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted in the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when he comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. You have a choice. Either you can go back and depend on your flesh to make an awesome ministry happen. You can depend on God yeah. and trust in Him and be confident in Him as you implement whatever practicals that you've learned, you know, over this over this time. So I think we're gonna answer questions, or we're gonna have John's announcement. A couple of quick, yeah, John. Yeah, I was just in that vein. I 